0: It's the Critical Wits Podcast! Yeah, it's everyone's favorite podcast, starring everyone's favorite podcast hosts. Uh, me! And me! And if you don't know who we
1: are, uh, I'm Crispy. And I am Tim. And, uh, this is the Critical Wits Podcast. Yeah, starring
0: everyone's favorite podcast hosts. Yeah, uh, me! And me! And if you don't know who we are, I'm Crispy. This is the whole podcast, by the way, for like two hours. Uh, <laughs> so, welcome back. Um. It's been a while since our last episode, but not that much of a while. But not, yeah. So,
1: uh, big things have been happening in the Critical Wits podcast land. Yeah. Uh, I want to start the show off by, uh, encouraging everyone to check out our Patreon.
0: Yeah. It's, a, uh, it's, um, it's the thing where every time we make a new episode, you give us a small portion of your money. Yeah. Uh, voluntarily. The yeah, episodes it, no. will still be free. Yeah. It's not like. Every time you listen to an episode, you're gonna find that you have less money now. Yeah. Well, unless well, you you might, but that won't be because of us.
1: Well, it may if they decide to pledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then we'll be like super grateful.
0: Yeah, because we got some stuff going on in our own lives, and a lot of that stuff involves trying to get money to live. Yeah. So if we have money to live. We can do less of that other stuff and more of this. Yeah, like. Except that the thing I'm doing, I'm not going to do less of because that's what I want to do, but I also want to do this.
1: Yeah, so, uh, a lot of people probably know this. I'm a student, uh, so I, I stud. Yeah. I, I stud a lot. Uh,
0: yeah. It says, bring out the stud finder. We got a student. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah.
1: Um,. And then Tim, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Tim makes video games, hopefully for a living. Hopefully. And speaking of which... Oh yeah, it's like I'm making a video game, everybody. That's like what I've been doing these past few months, instead of like having a regular full-time job. I've just been living off my savings and making this video game, and this video game is called Grapple Force Arena. And it's a game where you're Rena, and she has a special magic grapple force, and she can use it to grapple anywhere. And she can swing around, and she can grab bad guys and then throw them at each other, and she can jump off of walls, and she can uh, do all that kind of thing. She can, like, grab a wall and then, like, walk herself up the wall and then jump off the wall to get, like, lots of extra height. And and she's really brave and she's a hero and she needs your help because I'm doing a Kickstarter to get the money I need to keep making this game instead of going and finding another job, which will make it to where I won't be able to make the game. Yeah. And what's super special about the game is you can play it in your browser for free. Yeah, much like the podcast with the Patreon, Grapple Force Arena will be free. Yeah, we love making free stuff. Yeah. So, we... But I can't live for free while we're making it. So, I need the help from supporters, but we have stuff to offer people who will support us. Yeah. Me, with my Kickstarter rewards, you can get posters and character sketches, and you can even be in the game. <laughs> and with our podcast rewards, you can get uh, shout-outs, you can vote on what topic that we get to cover, or you can be in the podcast. <laughs> we want you inside us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, no, um, I, don't, we, I mean, we, we like you, but yeah. like we don't like you like you. <laughs> Right, right. (laughs) What we mean by that is that by opening up this Patreon thing, we give you, the listeners, the chance to support us, and also a chance to become a part of the show.
1: Yeah, uh, in various ways. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of this episode, we've already got a couple of people. We've been doing a Patreon pledge thing uh, periodically, and as we go through the podcast, we'll mention the Patreon not this much in depth every yeah, time. Yeah, this is just the first time yeah. we've been able to mention it, so we're talking about it a lot. Yeah, um, and part of that is we're, we have like milestone goals, and those milestones our episodes more frequently. Because, like... We know that the podcasts <laughs> don't come out as often as they should, and a lot of that's my fault, but, like, <laughs> I'm a foreign language major, I'm actually picking up a second foreign language next semester. I'm making a video game. I, yeah, and i and neither of us have cars,
0: busy. and we have to get together in person to make the podcast. Yeah, but we're trying to rectify that. Like, yeah. Like, basically, if we can get up to Milestone, uh, like, some of the Milestones, it forces us to make this, because this will be, this will be a job. Yeah, this will be a supplementary source of income for us, so... Yeah. And the re- the best part about it is, with your pledge, you don't pay unless we deliver. Mm-hmm. So if we don't come out with an episode, we don't get the money. Yeah, we only get the the pledge when we release a new episode. I've uh, I've heard people compare it to like a virtual tip jar, and I think that's really fitting.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh, moving on from all that, there will be links to all that stuff in the description mm-hmm. uh, of this podcast. If we um, get up
0: to our biggest milestone goal, you'll be able to enjoy
1: weekly episodes. As well as monthly articles and And monthly videos. Videos, too, yes. Yes. So, actually, I think I kind of want to touch on that. Uh, You probably don't know this, but this thing that we're doing back in, like, 2009, Mm -hmm. when we first conceived of doing a thing like this together, it was supposed to be a video series.
0: Yeah, we were going to, like... That guy with the glasses was popular. We were like, hey, we can be like Spoonie, but tabletop games. And there's two of us. But now Spoonie is like tabletop games. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we had to do a podcast.
1: Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, so we're going to do something uh, today that we haven't done in like a really long time. Uh, we're doing a mailbag.
0: Mailbag.
1: So. Sorry, uh,
0: that was really bad. <laughs> let's go Please ahead keep and keep listening. Let's I'm look. not going to do it again, I promise. Uh, pledge $5 per episode and I won't do that again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so our first email comes from uh, Michael Oswald, also known as Super Nintendo Chalmers.
0: Also known as...
1: Our fan, Critical Wits super fan, Mike <laughs> Oswald, yeah. who I think we've talked about on the show before. Probably. Um, this is from a while ago, but uh, mm-hmm. it says, hey, I just started listening to the podcast recently. Oh, this must be from a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to each episode no less than four times each, and I'm hooked. I love all the Wild Games production podcasts, like, uh, but this one is easily my favorite. There's nothing wrong with the other shows, but listening to Critical Wits is like listening to the conversations that I would have with my gaming group. I like that the show isn't edition specific. It allows for a broader discussion and a mixing of ideas that you can't just have, sorry, you just can't have, when you're talking about basic, first, or second edition. Also, I like the fact that you guys can swear. Me too, Mike. Yeah. A lot of people have tried to get us to stop swearing. Uh, it just sounds weird to me when people try to avoid swearing, and it's annoying to hear a beep or a silence when someone does swear. I understand that the more edition-specific shows are trying to be more family-friendly vibe, uh, but it's a breath of fresh air to hear a and d discussion with a damn or a shit thrown in there. Keep up the good work. P.S. Players, stop asking for magic items. If you don't earn them, then simply having them becomes meaningless. Cheers, Super Nintendo Chalmers. So... Uh, you, you may have heard, uh, the word on the street is that we are the edgy, new, <laughs> hip D&D podcast for a more cynical and jaded generation. We are not here to
0: censor ourselves. Uh, except for all the editing that I do in post. <laughs> yeah, we do tons and tons of editing, actually. But, no, uh, we figure that, like, people on the internet are gonna come across a swear or two right yeah so we figure like we're all about being open and honest and just being ourselves and- yeah
1: last episode i told you about how i like dealt with feelings of repression by becoming a psychopath in a DD game and like, uh, that's how open we are
0: yeah what i uh i tried to get you to back my kickstarter Anyway. yeah <laughs> There's a video. You'll see what Tim looks like. Yeah.
1: You're not supposed to. We put our real names on the internet.
0: Yeah. When we
1: were kids, we were like,
0: that was the one thing you didn't do. And now I'm like, have a video of myself asking for money from strangers. Man, things have changed. Things have changed. And it's a new internet. And we're a new podcast. And we got swearing. This is like Web 3.0. Whoa html5 whoa speaking um, of html5 my get anyway <laughs> uh, so yeah we appreciate
1: the comments uh, that that episode or that email rather is from uh, <clears> two <throat> years ago um, <laughs> and like super nintendo traumers he's a buddy he's a fan like yeah. I talk to him on twitter sometimes yeah he's a good guy
0: good guy yeah. I'm glad he likes our podcast and I'm glad he's still listening to our podcast because we're still doing it yeah yeah, so thanks for the kind words. Yeah. You know, I don't actually swear a lot. I do. Yeah, it's, The swearing is mostly crispy. Yeah. I'll talk about things that are like beyond the pale in terms of what you would consider quote unquote family friendly, but I'm not a swearer. Have we ever talked on the podcast about how whenever I do we swear- We did, last episode, yeah. Oh yeah, You yeah. said the
1: F-bomb and, before the episode started recording <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing.
0: Yeah, when well, I do swear it cracks crispy up, so it's I have the to- the funniest thing. I have to keep it in reserve. I did say something that, like, Crispy almost tweeted, but I had to stop him. <laughs> uh, look forward to that coming after the Kickstarter. God damn it. Uh,
1: next email. This one comes from Kojo DM, also huh? known as DM Kojo.
0: Oh, in the Japanese version.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his, uh, <laughs> his family name is Kojo. Yeah. He's, a uh,
0: Daniel Michael Kojo. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So, uh. I prefer the dub, actually. Me too. That might be the most controversial opinion on this podcast. (laughs) Okay, you can read the email now. Hey, guys.
1: I really enjoyed episode four on world building, as I am currently constructing the world for my current TUI campaign. You guys have a lot of very cool and creative ideas for worlds, but I am taking a different approach. Because I prefer to use old school modules as the core of my campaign... And then modify them to fit my world i've created a world which is a jigsaw puzzle of places from various campaign worlds created by tsr i have my player's home base which i created from scratch and then have placed various towns and locations on my regional map for modules that i might like to run them through so i have a 1e greyhawk location like Saltmarsh from the U series of modules the barrier peaks and the tomb of horrors as well as module locations from classic DD like the isle of dread and the keep on the borderlands and just for kicks I also have Waterdeep and Undermountain from Forgotten Realms. This seems to be working well so far, as it creates an instant sandbox where my players can decide, at the end of one stage of the campaign, where they want to go next, based on information I give them. Then all I have to do is prep the module that fits the location. Do you guys ever incorporate published locations into your campaign world? Or do you only use them for one-shots?
0: Thanks, DM Kojo. That's a really cool idea, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I like that idea, because... A lot of the reasons that me and Crispy don't run adventures as often is because they're not as open, so it's a little harder to be fast and loose with them, and Crispy especially tends to be really fast and loose when we run games. Yeah. But putting adventures in a sandbox like that is actually a really cool idea.
1: Yeah, I've thought about doing something like that um, for a while, but also would require... I don't... Like, there's... Uh, well, speaking of Spoony, actually, um, <laughs> last night or the night before I was watching some of his, uh, Counter Monkey stuff, uh, mm. free plug for that guy, I guess, uh, <laughs> and he was talking about published modules and how, like, it, it kind of gets, it can be disjointing for players because they finish one module and then the next module they come to, it's like, yo, you were on the road for seven months and now <laughs> you're here and this thing, um, but it, it's funny that you mentioned things like uh, "Keep on the Borderlands" and "Isle of Dread" because those are mm. actually perfect sandbox campaigns.
0: It's true; they don't even really have goals.
1: Yeah, there's not really a story. Like, it's just here's a sandbox with a bunch of locations.
0: Yeah, I remember when we ran uh, "Isle of Dread" in "Swords and Wizardry," was it? Uh, I think so. Maybe "Labyrinth Lord." But oh yeah, I completely forgot "Labyrinth Lord" was a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Oh yeah, we we ran that and. The story was basically just like, okay, you're on the Isle of Dread. What do you do? Mm-hmm. So a setting like that would be perfect to drop into a sandbox game. Yeah. Because even though it doesn't have a story, if you're in a sand, if you're running a sandbox game and a player has a goal, you can just put that in the middle of the Isle of Dread and then just be like, oh, you want to get the ancient tome of dread? That's in the Isle of Dread. And you have to go find it, so you just, like, add this little thing to that module, and while they're running around looking for this thing that they want, they'll come across all these other adventures. Yeah. So, that's really cool. Yeah, uh
1: one reason that, like, I don't really run modules myself is because, uh well, they sort of have their own story, and that maybe never fits in my narrative, and also it's, like, uh, modules over time have become more narrative-based as opposed to, like... <laughs> modules that were back in the day where they were just like, here's an adventure site with a bunch of stuff to just do. Yeah. Um. In fact, like, the first game Tim and I ever played in together, like, serious actual campaign, mm-hmm. um, I started them off with a published
0: adventure. Yeah, I was gonna say you should tell that story. Yeah. Where we just kind of kicked it off with uh, Dungeon Crawl Classic's Tomb of the Magic Missile Snake or something. Yeah, it's a...
1: Uh... I don't know. I have the box set of, like, Dungeon Call Classic modules, but...
0: Oh, 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 can I tell the skeleton story? Go ahead. Tell okay, the okay, stories. okay, okay. One of the first encounters of the campaign, we had to fight skeletons, and in, there was a hallway, and there was a trap door, and I was like, oh, hey, there's this trap door, and we disarmed the trap, but I figured out there was a lever you could pull to, like, make it open up again, and then there was these skeletons, and, like, we lured the skeletons onto the trap, and then I pulled the lever, and then they fell into the trap, and, but we also had to Google how much a human skeleton yeah. weighs. Well, I was just about to interject. And that's why, like, if you weren't going to say
1: that, it was like, and that's why I know how much the human skeleton weighs. Because we had to figure out
0: if they triggered the trap or not. Because it was wasteb- It's like wasteb- a fourth wasteb-
1: of your total body weight or something like oh, that.
0: Oh, oh, oh. Oh, right. They did trigger the trap, but I had a backup plan if they didn't. I had a bag of sand. Oh, yeah. To throw onto it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that story. Yeah. Okay. So next email. All right. Uh, this
1: one comes from Tyler Kamstra, uh, and it's from, like, a really long time ago, much like all of these.
0: Yeah, we kind of got a pretty slow trickle of emails after the initial surge of emails, so we mm-hmm. thought, oh, we'll just save them all for a mailbag episode. And that's this. Yeah.
1: It says, uh, hey, guys. People, that's a good, that's, a like, a common greeting. Hey, yeah. guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: It's so common, like... I don't know what to do in a group that, like, is not guys, because there's no, like, equivalent for, like, gender neutral. Y'all. I just use y'all. Yeah, but then I sound like a Texanman. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Anyways, Tyler says,
1: Love the podcast so far. Will you be discussing the D&D next playtest? Yes. Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> the second version was released last week, and it's starting to look pretty awesome. I'd be thrilled to hear your thoughts about it. Well, Tyler, (laughs) the second version was really good, and then the version after that was not very good.
0: Then the version after that was a little better, but still not good. And then the version after that was really good. And And now the game's out! Yeah, and the final version of the game is, like, the best.
1: I love it! It's so good! It's really good! We we went. So, uh, this is being recorded on the Sunday after the 4th of July. Normally I don't give the dates because it's like, it's none of your business, but... On the 3rd, D&D Next came out!
0: Yeah! Uh, Or just D&D, yeah.
1: Um, and it's, uh... It's $20 at uh, Wizards Premium Stores, which are going to be, like, comic and game shops. Yeah, Um, I like that. I like that they're,
0: like, giving the local comic and game shops an edge. Yeah.
1: And then um, it should be in big box stores and Amazon on the 15th. Mm -hmm. And so I'm pretty sure, like, the big box stores they're selling at is, like, Walmart. Because yeah. I know you could get the 4E Redbox at Target, mm-hmm. um, so I'm guessing they'll, you'll probably be able to... You can go to, like, your Walmart and get, like, 30 pounds of dog food and, like, a <laughs> uh, tub of mayonnaise, <laughs> your groceries, and pick up the D&D starter set.
0: Yeah, for $20, you get a lot of stuff. You I, do. I'm almost ready to believe that they're making this at a loss. Uh, it, almost. Almost. It, it,
1: I will say it does have its problems. Like I am a little disappointed in the monster selection, um, but it's a starter set, and like in a month we'll it, get more monsters. Yeah, so. it has an
0: adventure. The thing about D&D Next is that the basic rules are free! Yeah, you can go
1: onto the D&D website, uh, wizards.com slash D&D, and
0: right on the front page, it's like, get basic D&D. And yeah, you like, yeah. literally have no reason to not try it, especially if you're going to complain about it. Yeah. So, give it a look. Uh, it's really good.
1: I We played an adventure with our friend Joe on the 4th of July.
0: Yeah, it, we didn't even look at the fireworks, because yeah. like, oh, they're the same as last year. It's fireworks. Yeah, I'll watch them on New Year's, maybe, if I'm not playing D&D.
1: <laughs> Basically, like, yeah, it's the same fireworks show every year. I, I've
0: seen it. Yeah, um, I know what fireworks look like. They don't come out with new fireworks. There haven't been a lot of <laughs> scratches, as far as I'm concerned, in like fireworks technology no i mean like they figured out how to do every color and from then on it's just been a downward slope yeah fireworks man <sighs> yeah um so we we Can ran... I tell a fireworks story yeah go ahead uh one time my parents bought a fireworks kit you know like the big like 100 dollar ones that come with all the fireworks But when they got home they found out that they were all smoke fireworks Every last one was a smoke Dude, Those fireworks. are the best ones! Yeah, like, they were disappointed, but we were like, let's do the smoke fireworks, and we'd set them off, and each one would be, like, a different color smoke. Eventually, we were just starting to set off, like, tons of them at yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then it... So you can make the biggest smoke cloud possible? Yeah, and, like, eventually you couldn't see on our street anymore. <laughs> uh so as people who grew up with the ninja turtles Mm -hmm. i think like and ninjas being like really prevalent in the media i think Mm -hmm. smoke smoke fireworks are the best like smoke bombs are the best ones
0: because you can pretend you're a ninja you can you just throw it down and then there's smoke and then you go hide yeah yeah it's great Mm -hmm. um and that's my fourth of july story yeah
1: but uh, joe was able to run a homebrew adventure with the monsters that were presented Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly well, so.
0: Yeah, we had a blast. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm probably gonna run the Minds of Fandelver um, at some point. That's the module that comes with it. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, we'll play it. It looks okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just give it a shot. Alright, cool. So, uh, what are our thoughts on D&D Next? It's good. Yeah.
1: It's like a good dog. It's good.
0: Uh, that's Patrick Alexander's joke.
1: Uh, so, yeah, uh, we
0: like D&D Next, Tyler. Go get D&D Next. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's like, are you gonna talk about D and D next, and we just give each other this look? (laughs) Like, we're almost the D and D next podcast. We, I was thinking about this like before you got here. Uh,
1: The show is D and D specific, like it's not edition specific. But like the new edition of D and D is just called D and D. So if we're if we're a podcast about that edition of D and D, we don't have to change anything. It's true. Like,
0: well, well, we're about regular D and D, but next is our favorite edition. It's the one we're gonna be playing for, like, for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, I have.
0: We can, like, we can do an episode about like why we like it the best, but that's not this episode. This is mailbag. so yeah. let's check the next mailbag. Um, the next mail in the bag.
1: The next, ep- uh, the next email comes from uh, Bill Steven. Uh, I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Staffin, if it's like an A. Never mind, that's linguistics. Uh, <laughs> didn't sound bad. To, sorry, uh, the email is titled Audio Issues on Episode 3, because I don't know if people noticed that episode towards like the last part of it gets all messed up. Um, he says, it didn't sound bad to me, but maybe you'd fixed it already. For future reference, have a free multi-track editor that can be found here. And then it's a link. But thanks. Uh, cool. Thanks. I'll keep that in mind. Next email. This one is feedback from Robert at uh, a website domain that I don't want to give you out because it's uh, it's his thing. Oh, his name is uh, <laughs> DMBuckBackup. Okay, anyways, he says, Hello, fellows. Thanks for another cool podcast about my favorite game. I really like the format, the host, and the pace of the show. Although I've only ever played 1E seriously, I have tried a few games of 2, 3, 3.5. I'm just a stick in the mud. Stuck to my old ways and house rules, and still play one e in the rules light way. Mm. I listen to the show while working and uh, and with my teenagers who play in my regular game. I have two hopefully uh, quote creative unquote criticisms. Please don't curse <laughs> and please don't post and please post in the next episode. Uh, I really appreciate wild games productions as I can share a subject dear to me with my uh, kids. And I don't have the usual foul language heard among some game tables. So please keep the WGPRN standards high and cut the needless cursing. You guys are smart, funny, and insightful. Please keep up the good work. I also appreciate how your show has a minimum of hosts speaking over each other. Thank you. And please post a new episode. We're working on it, Robert.
0: Yeah, we're working on it this very moment. Yeah. As for the swearing thing.
1: See, uh, previous email. So, like,
0: we don't curse that much. No, we're not potty mouths. Yeah. Like, we haven't really cursed much we're at all not, yet. And like,
1: we're not, like, talking about our genitals or anything like that. Like, Yeah.
0: We're not gross people, generally. Yeah. We don't go for crude humor unless it's actually funny. No, I mean, what I mean to say by that is that we don't just go for shock value. Yeah. Like we just talk how we normally do except more enthusiastic because we're talking to each other. Except, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's like this is just Do how you we remember talk.
1: the third? Do you remember New D&D day and like the talk about how freaking <laughs> excited we were? Yeah,
0: and like my poor brother was just excluded. Yeah, because... by like hour 2 he was kind of just like, eh, "I'm done with this." Yeah, we were You just... guys are still talking about this? <laughs> yeah. It's like just a shame that we couldn't have recorded the stuff we were talking about. But we were so excited. But, uh, sorry about the cursing shrug, but we're not gonna stop, but I hope you'll keep listening anyway. We generally don't curse that much, so I, well, you know what, we're gonna keep cursing, uh, your teenagers will get older, and then you can share it with them. Uh, that email was from, like, two years ago, so... Oh, yeah, so they're probably... One of
1: them's probably, like, they're at least 15.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so there you go, um... I hope you can still enjoy critical wits with your teenagers. And also, if they're teenagers, they've already heard it all. Yeah. That's just how it is. Like, I've not raised children, but you know. I was I, I understand you don't want to look like you endorse cursing in front of them if you don't want them to get here, cursing. here's the thing.
1: What? Uh, let me... Robert's kids. Robert's kids, if you're listening to this, your dad knows what's best for you. He's looking out. And you hear us, and we say, like, an F-bomb here or there, and, like, the S-word. mm <laughs> That's that's us. That's how we were raised. But your dad is an important person in your life. And he has been through everything that you're probably going through. And unless it's internet related. Yeah, okay, that's true. But <laughs> he generally has he he generally does kind of know what's best. You may not always think about it. So listen to your dad. Yeah. He's always looking out for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's setting the best example for you in most likely at least. Yeah. So Especially if... if he like doesn't want us to curse. Yeah. Like, see, that's how much he cares
0: about like what kind of stuff is going into your head. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh I guess moving on to the next email.
1: This one comes from James Matarese. I think that's how that's pronounced. Hopefully. Um He says uh, just wanted to let you guys know I love the show so far, and I'm eagerly awaiting new content from you. Thank Quality's you. good, thoughts are well presented, and the personalities actually make me smile. Aww. Aww. That was that makes us smile. That was not an insincere awe. No, that, was, that like, was... We looked at each other with huge <laughs> smiles. We... I, Kind of going away from the you we're not insincere people. <laughs> if we say something and you think it's being, like, really sarcastic uh, because n- people aren't normally, like, like that, it's not. It's completely sincere. <laughs> um, anyways, he goes on to say, I'd like you guys to talk about rules-light versus rules-heavy systems with regards to how players might handle those systems differently and when GMs might want to use one over the other. Also, experiences with rules-like systems you have all had would be good to hear. Thanks, love the show. That is a really good show topic. It is. Is that on our list? Um, no, but it, it is now. Okay, well, that's in our list. Yeah. So,
0: thanks for the good show topic.
1: Yeah, um, I don't want to talk about it too much there, because that's like a whole show. That's definitely a
0: whole episode. Um,
1: especially with the different versions of D&D and why we like D&D Next so much. Yeah. And why I liked old-school D&D so much. Yeah. So, so, uh,
0: we will talk about that in depth. Later. Yeah.
1: This one is from uh, DM Rust. Mm -hmm. Um, It says, Greeting Critical Wits!
0: Wait, hold on. Before you go on, let me just say that we're getting a lot of emails from people who identify as DMs, which is odd, considering how hard it is to find a DM nowadays. Oh, wait, no.
1: It's not DM. It's just
0: Rust. Oh, just Rust? Yeah. Okay, so
1: I rescind it. And James Mattarise didn't have a DM on it. Oh. So... Yeah. And Mike Oswald. He's not DM Mike Oswald. He's not to DM Super Actually, Nintendo Actually only
0: Kojo was DM, and that was just his name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> David Michael Kojo. Yeah. I I hope that was the same first name as before, but it would be much funnier if it wasn't. Like if I had said Donald before. Yeah. I hope DM Kojo keeps emailing us so we can keep giving him different names. <laughs>
1: Anyways, he says, uh, and so I'm gonna, the text in this is really big, so I'm going to shout this.
0: (laughs) Alright, I'm gonna back up a little.
1: (laughs) Greetings, critical wits! Great to hear episode five. Please leave in the jokes and laughs. Nothing wrong with them. Just don't make the same mistakes as save or die. I don't actually know what he's referring to, but, uh, everyone is entitled to their opinion. (laughs) Fifty episodes of the same lame joke gets old. Uh, apparently he's like Mako from the Conan movies. (laughs) I would like to hear a show, or at least some time. (laughs) Devoted to monster creation by the book or GM Plus Books. Keep up the great work, foolish samurai! (laughs) I was
0: waiting for the foolish samurai.
1: (laughs) Uh, thanks, Rust. Um, Thank you. That's actually... A thing we do get commented on a lot is... The tangents and jokes. The tangents and jokes. And... uh Honestly, I'm not going
0: to cut them out. Like... Yeah, that's... We figure that, like, everybody talks about D&D. Nobody has our weird sense of humor. Yeah. Except, like, our friends. And that's why they're our friends. Yeah. Like, s- some so, episodes are going to be more jokey than others. We had, like, a j- really jokey episode followed by a not-as-jokey episode just yeah. recently, so... And people really like that one, but...
1: Uh, I So they say that you should make a product that you like. Yeah, and, and we like our dumb jokes. Yeah. That's why we make them. So, I mean, we will try to keep it more focused. Because like, we also, like I listen to the show, and then I send it to Tim, and Tim listens to the show. And mm-hmm. there are sometimes, there have been like, there's at least an episode that's like, eh, let's not release this. This is not yeah, good enough. Yeah, th-
0: we've thrown out episodes just because we didn't feel like they were good to listen to. Like, really quality. Especially ones that weren't focused enough so yeah we're looking out for you yeah we're gonna keep it more focused but like us laughing like we enjoy each other's
1: company and we laugh at each other's jokes
0: yeah and if you can't feel the joy that we feel just talking and laughing about this hobby we love then go listen to another podcast where people are angry all the time if that's your jam yeah
1: like uh like bill o'reilly podcast yeah i don't know if that's a thing uh i hope not it probably is. Oh, he's got a show. Does he need a podcast? I guess like Does a podcast. A yeah. I guess like a show on TV is just like a daily
0: podcast. It's like a broadcast. Yeah. It's a podcast. <laughs> Please enjoy our TV network video podcast. <laughs> uh, That's like on. third person selfie. <laughs>
1: Third person, so you mean a picture of yourself? <laughs> yes,
0: that's so taken by someone else. <laughs> yes, they have that already. It's called photography. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Should, uh, I want to read the next email. Okay. Yeah, you've read you've read all well, of that. Well, this one comes from Rust. Oh, so double Rust. Go ahead and do your best. Oh, to I it. have. To, so that means I have to do the big voice. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't have as big a voice as Crispy. I am not a voice person like Crispy is. But I'm gonna give it my best gift. That really hurt my voice to do, actually. Okay, so take a break, I guess. Hello, CWs! No, I, I'll do it as, as Brian Crescente. Oh, good. Uh, another know. Patrick Alexander. <laughs> the next latest pack is out. Maybe you could do a show on some up to date stuff. Or maybe you can just record your butt. Well, bot time to hit the old dusty trail. Oh, I think he meant to say bout time, but it came out bot. Might have been like an autocorrect. Rust! Good luck with the podcast! Actually, he didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, um, see our previous response in terms of covering the playtest. We have covered the playtest. Yeah. Almost every package. And we didn't always have good things to say about it. Yeah. But the game is good, and the playtest was good, and I'm glad there was a playtest because lots of great ideas made it in the game, and lots of terrible ideas didn't make it into the game. Yeah, like skill dice. Sorry, Mike
1: Merles. Mike Merles really wanted skill dice to
0: be a thing, and like, Mike Merles, it was not good. It was not a good mechanic. We're sorry, Mike Merles. We love your game. We love all the work you put into it, and all of your friends. Friends. I just assume that they're all friends. (laughs) <laughs> All of your co-workers put into this game, and we didn't like skill dice. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> this next one comes from Josh Dunham. Mm-hmm. Josh says, very nice show. I'm enjoying the show thus far, and I can't help but notice how often audio
0: quality or technical issues are brought up. Uh, I can only huh? really think
1: of one time.
0: Like, in the podcast? I, yeah, I don't... We don't talk about it on the podcast, do we? I, I it
1: was a while ago. This is from 2013. Maybe so. we did. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there was one podcast where I was like, hey, the audio got messed up. Oh, yeah. oh! I think Daniel also talked about... I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I'd like to help, as I had a podcast of my own. Here's a sample. And then he gives me a link to his podcast, which I think I listened to, but that was like a year ago, so... Sorry, sorry we let the mail pile up so much. So if you're interested, let me know. On a less technical note, very good content. I love the edition-free approach, but still have a slant towards the game I play, AD&D. It makes it easy to keep, uh, it's easy to think of my own ideas for my own world. Keep it up. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, thank
0: you very much. Um, um There's sorry. nothing wrong with sticking to your own edition that you yeah. like. If you like it, then you don't need a new edition. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Me and Crispy need a new edition because we hated every edition. Well, Crispy liked the old ones. Uh, I mean... Well, that's I another... I do. That's in time oh, for another time. Yeah, like, I have a lot of complicated
1: thoughts with, like, the playtest coming out, or the playtest finishing and the game coming out, and, like, people shitting all over it without actually kind of playing it or understanding how the game works. Or even really looking at it. Yeah, and why it's... Because it's not... Ba-
0: like... It's not basic D&D. Yeah, I don't want to get into it too much. But yeah, that's in time for another time, for another time. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> for another time. The next one comes from Jan- uh, Jason Scanlan. Scanlan, rather. Huh. Uh, and it's actually directed at Tim. It's me? It is. Oh, can I read no. it? No. No? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm writing you in. Your comment is awaiting moderation. I'm glad to hear you guys again. I enjoyed the frank discussion of race and
0: class issues. As for the actual discussion topic... Uh, well, for let's go back a little bit. Uh-huh. When he says race and class issues, he means D&D races and D&D classes like fighter and stuff, not like geopolitical race and class issues. <laughs> uh, so he says, as for the actual discussion topic, you're wrong,
1: Jim Jenkins. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> <coughs>
0: That, that sounded painful, that gasp really took it out of me. Well, you've had your revenge anyway, what am I wrong about? Actually, I don't really know how you feel
1: specifically, but I've never seen classes significantly improve to my satisfaction. I find each change starting with the thief to be awkward in some new way. By the way, I think this is as like, classes oh, like change as over the, time. I've changed over the editions right. Um now. by the way, I believe class was originally distinct from race in the wording, but effectively it didn't matter since they were each restricted to one thing, or two if you count elf choice. They may have been later collapsed together in the basic books, but I'm not as familiar with those books. I wonder what you think about the development of the various abstractions of D&D down the editions, and what seems to be distinct interpretations slash the drifting of what the mechanics represent, and other less nebulous things. I think it's possible that the desire to have an endless array of classes may come from an un identified rejection of the very concept i understand classes as archetypes and i think an appropriate handling of them should avoid getting lost in specifics i think the obstacle in the way of the customizable class options you guys kept coming back to like the thing from one of the D&D exploit tests backgrounds and specializations or something like that is that a lot of books sold have been filled with these kinds of character options Some kind of simple and flexible modular system outside of class could conceivably handle any kind of character somebody might want to play. I have one of my own, but it would be difficult to stretch into many, many expensive books. The most recent edition I am experienced with is second, and I was wondering how much support was given in later editions for creating custom classes. The 2E system was not necessarily something I would want to use, but I think the a la carte approach is the best way to implement classes. (laughs) Classes are really just what D&D had before skill systems were commonplace. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, designers have gone out of their way to continue using them in the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Honestly, when you guys were excited about the backgrounds thing from the 5e playtest, it sounded to me like classes done right. One you may, uh, one of you may have said something the same thing. Uh, one of you may have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. I always thought anybody should be able to be a thief, especially a wizard. And no, there is no need for the barbarian class. It sounds more like a berserker and the way uh the way you described it. That's what I'm saying <laughs> like I
0: looked at Crispy to see how happy he would get to hear that. That's he's been talking about that a lot. I, I like two weeks ago I made a bunch of tweets about it. Uh
1: that I kinda understand. Adventurers are violent looters, anyway. Maybe the only <laughs> distinction is
0: how magic you are. <laughs> <laughs> basically,
1: that's a really meaty email.
0: That is a meaty email. I'm not sure where to start with the responses. Um, I definitely think that the idea of moving away from classes as they were originally supposed to be it has definitely been a thing. in the as D went on, as for support for making your own classes, um, basically third edition kind of made a half-hearted attempt in Unearthed Arcana, where they were like, oh, here's, like, a way, you, instead of having lots of different kinds of characters, you have, like, just these really super basic classes, and then you can get those features through feats or something. And that kind of turned out to be, like, eh. And 4th Edition, as far as I know, had no material on making your own classes.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, and 3rd Edition also kind of gave you a glimpse into the math. Yeah. The, like, the different progressions. <laughs> Of different class features, like base attack bonus and saving throws. Yeah, but... And skill numbers.
0: Yeah, but... The... So
1: I, I guess, like, really, it's not a, a matter of making your own class with that system, <laughs> but kind of Frankensteining together all these different parts. Yeah, that kind like... of
0: has, seems to be where D&D has gone in terms of uh, how you customize your character outside of class, is being able to, like, stitch them together out of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the way D&D Next handles it a lot, um, in the earlier versions of the playtest, it seemed to be more focused around, like, picking different backgrounds and specialties and stuff on top <laughs> of your class. But in the final version, it addressed that in a really interesting way. Um, two ways, actually, which I'll go ahead and lay out if Chris doesn't mind me talking for a long time. Go ahead. Okay, the first way is... Okay, three ways. The first way i talk about it is you got feats. Um, feats work differently. Now they're optional, which I think is actually pretty cool because feats are now really beefed up, so when you take a feat, it becomes a much larger part of your character concept and not so much like the thing you need to realize the basics of your character concept. And that brings me to another point, um, what D&D Next does is it doesn't punish you for trying to do things that aren't typical for your class, which is I think maybe the first edition of D&D to really take that to heart as like one of its core philosophies. In d and Next, if you want to be a wizard with a sword, you can pick up a sword and swing it around. You're not going to be as good as a fighter, but you can do it. In other editions, you basically straight up can't do it. Like, you literally can, but it won't work. So, in d and Next, if you want to try stuff outside your core class concept, you can just go ahead and go for it. And it also really kind of emphasized the idea that your class doesn't necessarily determine much about your backstory or your job. Like, you could be a wizard who's a thief. Or a a druid who's a barbarian. Or a barbarian who's just like a local street tough. Yeah. I I, I kinda wanna talk about uh the backgrounds a little bit especially in regard to characterization in dnd next um i think that's outside An episode the that's okay. i think we gotta save that for the episode All where right. we talk about this in depth uh, let's but uh another you you country. did say a lot and i forgot about it um something about the eccentricities of the mechanics i think the mechanics have gotten steadily more elegant as time has gone on um Sorry, I keep playing with the drawer, and Crispy keeps trying to stop the it. The microphone is on top of a dresser <laughs> in a closet. And I'm, a, our, a, I'm a fiddler. Our high tech
1: sound studio here. Yeah. Um, so going back to the barbarian being a berserker, and mm. I was like, yeah, I made a bunch of tweets about this. I don't know where that comes from. Somebody, please tell me where the barbarian as like this super angry dude comes from, because like, I okay, I looked <laughs> it up. It's Not Conan. It's not Conan. Like. I... I don't understand, like, where from history barbarians could, like,
0: hulk the F out. Um, that... No, it isn't history. There is, like, a history to that. Like, I remember something about, like, those Vikings had that kind of thing going for them, and there were, like, some group of berserkers that would just get roided out on shrooms or something, and then... Okay. Yeah, like, that's a thing. Uh I, I don't know about the... Like, Vikings and, like, the popular... Yeah, like popular Culture, Viking. Well, that was like the perception of Vikings, just cause like all these people came on a boat and wrecked your shit and yeah. left and you had no idea why. But like the Vikings had civilization. Yeah. They they, they weren't just like running around killing things all the time. Yeah.
1: Uh, anyways, getting away from that. Uh so I looked it up in uh first edition's on Arthur Arcana. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like a barbarian based on Conan, like that's what the the D D Barbarian is. And it is like, the one year Earth of Arcana Barbarian is the best Barbarian, because it's Conan. Like, <laughs> it just is Conan. It, it has a, like, you can run, you can climb really well, it's got all these things. You distrust magic, if you destroy a magic item, you get the experience points for it, as if you had sold it. And I don't know, like, where the shift from, like, now Barbarians can, like...
0: Hulk out. Hulk out. Where that comes from. Well, maybe the Hulk. Maybe. Like, I comic stuff made it into the D&D
1: before. That's true. Psionics are literally just Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah. So, um if you know more about this, write in. Crispy will be very happy. Yeah, it 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 boggles my mind and I don't like it. All right. Next email This one comes from Mr. Super Nintendo Chalmers. Ah, oh, another so. one from, uh, oh yeah, he's like a more professional now. Yeah, this yeah. is like later in time, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. starting to this establish himself This is a, this is a in the year later, world. December yes. 31st, 2013. Is there a Mrs. <laughs> Super Nintendo Chalmers? Maybe he got married, we don't know. Maybe. I wasn't invited, if so. What the heck, Mike? Like, <laughs> Mike, you didn't invite us to your wedding? I thought you liked our podcast. We're your
1: favorite podcast. I, <sighs>
0: Well, you know maybe what? they got lost in the mail oh uh, yeah that's yeah. true yeah. well like cause you got... can't do that over email you gotta yeah. send an invitation yeah. yeah And i guess i'm not facebook friends with him so yeah. i didn't find out that way well anyways congratulations <laughs> on your wedding sorry we missed it uh send us your amazon wish list we'll get you a blender or something yeah yeah anyway his email uh hi tim and crispy first off love the show thanks <laughs> He says it's easily better than the other WGP podcasts. (laughs) So put another tick mark. Nobody's written into the other ones and said that they're better than us. I don't think so, at least. Yeah, so we've gotten... We're ahead. Yeah.
1: Not that the others aren't good or anything. I'm just saying. Yeah, we're also just saying, for the record. I'm picking up what you're putting down. (laughs) Uh, I've been trying to build a world. It's basically Lotus Island. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry we don't get the reference. But like Crispy, I hate creating gods. Yeah, man, fucking Yeah, I, uh, we had this situation recently. I can come up with their concepts all well and good, but I can't ever seem to create a cohesive naming structure. Is there any advice you your could lend you could lend this fledgling DM? Apparently, it's the only way I'm gonna get a game going after a ten year absence from DD. I'm um, really sorry. Yeah, that sucks, man.
0: Um in terms of naming gods. Uh, straight up, legit, I name my gods after video game characters. Yeah. That's it. Like, uh, the most prominent god, or the god that has become the most prominent in any game I've run, who is, a uh, Har, god of magic, who is, uh, my brother plays a cleric of him. Um, he's named after one of the antagonists of the PlayStation game Silhouette Mirage, which, uh, was made by Treasure, my favorite game company. So, really... As for gods, unless it's you think it's gonna be important in your campaign, or unless somebody's playing a cleric, I generally just don't bother. I don't bother either. I
1: I, I could give you some linguistic advice. Um So <sighs> there is a concept called prosopy in linguistics, which is the sounds and rhythm that are easily
0: recognized. Isn't that when like a part of you that should be inside of you is like outside of you? No, that's Proximity? Or? No, pro- wait, that's prolapse. Prolapse. So, what was it? Prosopi is different. Pro- it does sound like something you don't want to happen to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess.
1: Uh, pro- so, it, it's basically, it's the, it's the technical word for the concept of, like, you know what Klingon sounds like.
0: Yeah, that's like, true. You
1: just know what it sounds like, mm-hmm. because you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. So, if I could go, I, I'm not going to do it now, but I could, like, make up some fake syllables that kind of go along with uh what syllables are common in klingon and you would be like yeah yeah that's like fake klingon or like uh like i'd be like do <laughs> oh hey
0: it's fake french chinese but oh man uh, i'm sorry that's fake french yeah
1: so that's that's like the
0: general concept <laughs> or you that's actually real Japanese <laughs> that I got from a fighting game. Ikuyo! Ikuyo! Oyaji! Anyways. Uh, Shoryuken! <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, we're just going to keep doing this for like three hours. Probably. Uh,
1: play a lot of Street Fighter. I do, at least. Um,
0: <laughs> I'd like some pounds. <laughs> I'd like some power.
1: <laughs> anyways, so... Uh, kind of try to think of like the culture of of the land that has these gods and and what sort of syllables would exist and what sort of like rhythms and and sound repetitions that would exist within that land and try to apply that to um to your gods so like you can you can fake elven like yeah i mean i could do real elven <laughs> Yeah, like, like the, the Elven god, god I mean. Salandur, or something. Yeah, or like a
0: oh, uh, Kelerimbor, oh, Kellorimbor. Hey, oh, I actually which I think is a real uh, elf. Uh, there was a time you asked me for an elf name, and I just made one up. Was it? Was it Romulus? Maybe it was Romulus. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can make fake Elvin. That's how established Elvin is. You can yeah. fake it. Um, well, Elvin, Elvin's already fake, but...
1: I Well, no, well that gets into a, <laughs> a very long, very in-depth discussion about con languages that I don't want to have right now. <laughs> Crispy has his hand on my shoulder, as he's saying. This. Like, I don't want to get into, like, codes versus actual languages. All right. Understandable. Um, but, so, just sort of think of sounds that fit with the culture, uh, and then apply those uh, in some way to your guts. Not in
0: Subway. No. Well, you can go to Subway and do yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We used to, like, just go to Del Taco and talk about... Yeah. We did that a, recently. There's a Subway near my house. up open 24 hours. Oh, Sam. Yeah. Um, are we inviting him to come to Subway with us? It, uh, okay, if he comes all the way here to, like, the Las Vegas area to have Subway with us we'll go to Subway with him. Yeah, (laughs) They have Subways there, I'm sure. Oh, that's actually, uh, there's a little story about that. When me and my brother went on that huge road trip to get his car from the East Coast to the West Coast, we ate at Subway a lot because it turns out there's Subways everywhere. Even in the middle of nowhere, there are
1: Subways. I think at one point it was the fastest growing chain of of restaurants in America. I believe it because we
0: never didn't see Subways. Yeah. There was a point at which we stopped seeing White Castles and then started seeing Del Tacos, but Subway was all yeah. the whole way. Like, you can go back east and you've got, like, blimpies. Blimpies? Like, yeah, blimpies. <laughs> I've never heard of blimpies before.
1: But, like, Subway's <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, that's that's my advice. Go to Subway, think of some consonants and vowel combinations and uh I enjoy mean, a five dollars you can puddle. go even further and like is your is their language
0: like syllabic yeah, it's like it's up to you, but <clears throat> whether or not you're a linguist yeah or a, a language nerd, Crispy gave me a thumbs up uh so that's that's that okay. uh, next
1: thing This one comes from Facebook, and it's from Eric Gilly on our uh, timeline. All so, right. oh,
0: you can go to our uh, Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Critical it's Wits. We don't have to moderate the Facebook con- comments like we do the website comments, which we get tons and tons of spam. Yeah. So sorry if you ever commented on the website and we ended up not seeing it or approving it. Because... I've been keeping up on it lately. Oh, you yeah? have? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, But Facebook might actually be a better way to get a hold of us. Yeah, uh,
1: because I'll see it as soon as you post, and like I will respond to you. Yeah. Crispy knows how
0: to switch back and forth between the Critical Wits account, and I don't. (laughs) So if you get a response from Critical Wits, it might be me.
1: It's generally me, though. Like, generally, I'm the one responding Mm -hmm. on our social media stuff. But Eric says, hey, guys, fun show. I will say, the only times I played gnomes was in third edition, because they got a bonus to int, and they were so small, so plus one AC. I play wizards a lot, so that was why I liked them. When it came to cross-classing, yeah, wizard you should not be able to just jump into, but I can see sorcerer because of its inner power. Like, fighter is just some bonus feats in third, but paladin is a life of devotion. I was thinking about trying to do an uh, uh, Asian kind of game of samurai <clears throat> and uh, all that uh well i was thinking of changing cleric no armor but then they get the wisdom on ac like a monk they only have wizard weapon skills also one exotic weapon from the area uh, of their choosing keep up the good work sorry about the grammar issues it's new years <laughs> i understand actually for new years i just like
0: slept <laughs> <laughs> I, what did i do last new years i don't remember
1: Anyways, uh, yeah, so that was, um, what episode was that race? Was that Class's Career?
0: It probably was Class's yeah. Career. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, classes are weird, man. Classes are weird. We n- never found out what makes a class, but you definitely should use your best judgment in terms of what you let your player's class into. Yeah. And do you think if your player plans on, like, starting out as something and going into Wizard... Or like picking up paladinhood later on, because I can see picking up paladinhood. Yeah, like you uh, can find religion and like devote yourself.
1: I want to say in the rule cyclopedia there is a rule that says uh, any lawful good fighter that like changes to paladin like can just do it. Yeah, um, and they can just become a paladin. Uh, I may be getting the the things wrong, but yeah. Um, but what
0: I was gonna say was that if your player plans on making this kind of shift. It might work to uh, go sort of backwards and work it into the game as time goes on. Like, I actually have a character I'm going to play in a game that I plan on doing a similar kind of shift to. And I asked Crispy, who is the DM of this game, if I could do it. So... I'm working with him. I'm keeping it from the other players. Um, That's why I'm being really vague, because they'll probably listen to this. But I'm working with him to, like, work that into the story of the game. So that, like, if you wanted to be, like, a rogue who, like, picks up wizardry, you could have the DM throw in, like, a wizard book, and you pick it up, and you start to read through it. Maybe even add some mechanical things, like, you're a rogue, but, like, the DM lets you use a couple cantrips or something, because you're just picking up magic, and eventually you really get the hang of it, and you actually get to start taking your wizard levels. So... Some classes are easier to just jump into than others, and if it's not easy to just jump into, then just work with your DM to make it not be really glaringly obvious that you're just suddenly really different now. I have had an idea kick in my head for the last few months,
1: uh, actually probably longer than that, of taking the world and f- like actually writing like a campaign Bible that has like a niche for how every class works. Um, a thing I wanted to do, uh, and I ran this by my, my friend Alex, if he doesn't like this idea, is every, like, rogue that's a thief is
0: already part of a guild. They already have some kind of tie to the world. Yeah, that's actually, well, what that does with the thief background in D&D Next is that that's what that gives you. Yeah. If you're a thief in D&D Next, you have, like, thief guild ties. Yeah. Or, like, talk, like, the... Bringing back things like the druid circles. Yeah.
1: Like stuff like that. Like really tying the classes to the world. Or if you're a paladin, you're part of an order of some kind. You're not just some kind of holy loner. Well, even in that game you were just talking about, like, you guys are all, you're different classes, but you're all part of one, like.
0: Yeah, we're all knights. I'm a fighter who's a knight, but we also have. No, wait, we are all fighter-y types in that one. Yeah, but... But we could have been wizards who were knights, yeah. but we just didn't. Um, uh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. In terms of playing a gnome because it gives you a mechanical incentive, nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah, I think that's cool. Like, I like that mechanics can encourage you to things, you, to, to try things you wouldn't have otherwise tried. Like, I'm probably not going to really play, play Pathfinder anymore, but if I do, I hope I get to be a paladin ninja. Hmm. A two-weapon fighting paladin ninja. Because, Hmm. uh, let's see, ninja abilities key off charisma, and so do paladin abilities. So if you have a high charisma pool, you got lots of ki for for your ninja powers. But you also get a bigger bonus for your smite evil. And uh, if you do two-weapon fighting, you get to add your charisma bonus to your attack rolls. And you benefit more from uh, bonuses to attack rolls as a two-weapon fighter, and you end up doing more damage. And that got me to think that was solely based on rules. Like, this would be a cool character mechanically. And then going back thinking like a paladin ninja, you have to go back and like think about how that works yeah. thematically. So that can make you think of some really cool ideas. Yeah. Well, I I mean, yeah. The the rules can encourage
1: cool things about your character, like yeah. Joe's Games D and D next characters, like. I rolled on the table for his stuff, and, like, Mm -hmm. I had to reconcile why he's like that based on these random rolls, and I came up with, like, a friggin' really cool character.
0: Yeah, like, right off the bat. Yeah.
1: And also, like, uh, taking something for a mechanical bonus, like, this is a a whole show by itself, but there's nothing wrong with being an effective character.
0: Yeah, like, Like,
1: people will try to give you shit and be like, oh, you're a power gamer, but like, those people are wrong and dumb and don't want you to have fun, so don't listen to
0: them. Yeah, just do what works for you. Yeah. Don't let some stranger on the internet tell you that you're playing D&D wrong if you're having fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, I never get mad at people for playing D&D in ways I don't like. What I don't like is that when they imply that the way they play is somehow more legitimate, that's what I don't like. Yeah. Or if they make fun of people who don't grasp the way they play so much you know like people who aren't as savvy with the rules i'm talking about people who will play third edition anyway <laughs> let's
1: uh keep on. so next comment on our facebook this one comes from bjorn victor angerforce
0: <laughs> the angerforce rises again
1: uh bjorn writes oh i meant to post about this right after i listened to the episode but then i forgot about uh but now i remembered again because I saw the link, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics RPG has great art and has a very good spread of not-white people and women not wearing chainmail bikinis in their art.
0: Yay! Yay. You know what else has that? d d next! next. <laughs> oh, oh Star Trek's that art. So yeah, good! It's
1: really good! Uh, I know I said we weren't crafts before, but that art makes my dick rock hard!
0: Oh. <laughs> It doesn't actually. (laughs) I was like, you make that joke and I was like, oh. And then there's like this awkward silence. Robert's kids. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Dad knows what's good for you. Um, Don't listen. To, we're like, we're a bad influence. Yeah. You but know what no, no, we're not a bad influence when we say that it's good when art has more women and like people of color in it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. You know what else is great about and next art? What? Swords look like real swords. Yeah, they have actual swords.
1: They're not like these weird, grossly ornate decorative pieces. Yeah. That would, like, break if you hit someone with it.
0: It's just, like, a hunk of metal with a handle on it. Yeah.
1: There's uh, there's this thing on YouTube called, like, Man of Arms or something like that, where, like, this blacksmith dude makes, like, video game weapons and, mm-hmm. like, shit in real. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, like, goes and he's like, oh, look at how destructively powerful this is. And he, like, hits some Coke bottles. If you hit a dude in armor with that, it's, it's kinda... gonna break. <laughs> yeah. Also... If you're, like, fighting... So he, like, he made, like, the keyblade and the buster sword. Oh, boy. And it's like, oh, uh, if you try to fight somebody with that, who's using a regular sword, <laughs> they're going to kill you. <laughs> they will fucking cut you wide open.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, that wasn't even the whole email, was it? It was. It that was? was it. Yeah, just, oh, yeah. here's a cool thing that has, like, not white people. Yeah, I'm glad that our fans think that's valuable and like want to bring that to our attention we have good fans yeah uh, yeah the progressive D podcast
1: <laughs> oh man we tone down the progressiveness we he, do you can't tone i'll be like tim we should talk about this and he's like eh, let's like get people on our side before we <laughs> reveal that we're ultra progressive hippie liberals
0: it's true like we are both super ultra progressive but i want people to like us first So that they agree with us later instead of being like, oh, more social justice warriors. And they stop listening. Yeah.
1: The next email Mm -hmm. comes from uh, Tyler Camstra again. Uh, He he points out a thing that was wrong on our website, which is like our email button didn't work. Did I fix it? You did. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then he has some ideas for things to discuss. Okay. Uh, One of them is encounter design. I'm not going to read all of the bullet points because, like, these are actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, adapting rules between uh, between editions. Ooh, I really want to do that one. Uh, playing the bad guy. Oh. That would be a really good one as well. Wouldn't that fall under evil characters? Um, well, there... he says how you
0: run an evil campaign. Yeah. What yeah. is
1: evil? How evil is evil?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: we've played evil
0: games before. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And... It was fun. It's sometimes it's just fun to be evil. Yeah. So, good topics. We'll uh, go over those and put them on our list. Yeah. Uh, speaking of our list, by the way, um, if you pledge to our Patreon, soon we're gonna send out polls for which topic to pick, and you'll be able to pick from our entire list. For just one dollar per episode. Yeah, if you give one dollar per episode, you'll be able to see our whole list of potential podcast topics, and vote on as many of them as you think are good, and the ones that get the most votes will do. Yeah. We were just gonna say, like, every other episode or so. Um, we haven't started doing that yet, because we only have two patrons... So, our next episode after this one's not going to be one that was voted on, but our one after that should be, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we'll add those to your list, to our list. We'll add your ideas to our list. Right. And then you might get a chance to vote on them if you become a patron.
1: Yeah. Tim, the next email is from me, and uh,
0: you should read it. Okay. <laughs> it is from Neil. That's all it says. Yeah. Okay. No, my name's Tony. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Hi! was listening to an older episode of Save or Die where you were mentioned having run X1 Isle of Dread. I thought that... For a second, I thought that they said, like, one Isle of Dread, like, times one. (laughs) Like, having run one Isle of Dread before. Anyway. Knowing that you're a Holmes fan, I thought I would ask about your experience running it. I have a group that plays fairly strict Holmes, and I'm planning to run... Uh, I'm sorry, I gotta stop again because I just amused myself with the idea of a comma there. So it was like, I have a group that plays fairly strict, Holmes. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> I'll just read the rest of the email now, oh, I'm very sorry. I have a group that plays fairly strict homes and am planning to run X1 for the first time. Any thoughts slash suggestions are appreciated. Though a major change I'm, I'm making is doing away with zombies altogether. I'm not really a fan of them in the end, as packed as it is. Otherwise playing it pretty straight. Straight. Pretty. Th- Otherwise playing it pretty straight. Thanks, Neil. Um, before Crispy answers, I'm just gonna say zombies are so played out, don't use them. Yeah. Um, unless you're running a game that's referential to something full of zombies for fun, <laughs> um, man, things to do Holmes. for Holmes.
1: Um, it's Holmes is an interesting, er, it, not Holmes. Um, Isle of Dread is an interesting module because it's it's such a like journey to like the center of the earth kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think being really cognizant of that like kind of pulpit like sci-fi kind of background is something and like play up the monsters that are there and and maybe like throw in some things if you don't want to have zombies i don't have x1 in front of me and it's
0: been a while since i've looked at it um add like giant apes or something like that yeah find something that's about as tough as a zombie and replace it yeah or you can even just use the rules for zombies and come up with something more interesting than zombies and it's also, like, the the whole premise of X1 is,
1: like, there's some, I think it's, like, pirate treasure or something like that on the Isle of Dread, and, like, you go and you're looking for the treasure. Uh I think a really <laughs> cool thing to do would be, like, run it like King Kong or something like that. Oh. Like, kind of throw your own story into it. And as for, like, being a fan of Holmes, I do like Holmes. It's been a really long time since I've read it. Um, I don't... I, I went over to Swords and Wizardry for a really long time, and... Not getting into too many things. I'm probably just going to stick to D and D Next for the most part lately. So, uh, but I have been thinking about updating old modules for that for yeah. D and D Next. I think that would be a really cool idea. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's no story really in X1. Mm-hmm. Um. There are little like vignettes that you can get to. Like, there's a thing where you have to like save people from cavemen.
0: Yeah. There's um, a thing where you find these little critters and they are like getting slaughtered by these evil spiders. Yeah. So,
1: like, you can kind of take those encounters and, like, throw your own story into it. And then you you basically just have, like, an adventure site that has all these, like, pre-made encounters and, and, like, I I keep wanting to say vignettes. And you can (laughs) go through those and uh, just sort of flavor them and change them to be completely unique to your gaming table.
0: Yeah, so have a lot of fun.
1: This next one comes from uh, Facebook. Alright. From Cameron Putnam. He posts Uh hey, big fan of the show. Just wondering if you guys were still working on it. If not, I'll be sad to see it go. Well, yeah. Cameron.
0: <laughs> Funny you should ask.
1: We actually quit the show. Uh <laughs> yeah. We yeah. decided
0: to record this last one. Yeah. But and we did a Patreon so that we get paid for this one so we can take it and
1: take the money and run. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: yeah, sorry. Next email. <laughs>
1: This one comes from John Venrick. Huh. Um, John Venrick says, uh, "I am listening back through Critical Wits, and I wanted to say the title is uh, subject question mark. I suppose this is a generally supportive email. <laughs> uh, I I am listening back through Critical Wits, and I just wanted to say, if nothing else, that I really enjoy your show and find the tangents to be hilarious. Yay! My personal favorite was Skittles into bedridden, though they <laughs> are quite amusing.
0: Still, freaking."
1: <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> Uh, I found your podcast while I was on an information binge with regards to D&D Next. an edition I am eagerly anticipating, though that might be because I wasn't uh, wild by fourth. And while I am comfortable playing 3.5, though I grew up on uh, account on second edition on account of my dad, it isn't sufficiently good that I would welcome a superior rule set and be happy to pay for it. Yeah, Same. That's a good attitude. Yeah. I don't have a question off the top of my head, though if I think of one, I will send it along. As the mailbag episode was excellent. Keep up the good work, and I hope to hear more soonish. Thanks. And that was from April of this year,
0: so... Oh, well, we did some episodes in yeah. the end. Um, We're starting to slowly approach the present. Yeah. I just feel like we're running through a time tunnel, just being <laughs> like, let's take a trip through the history of Critical Wits. And there's, like, clocks flying everywhere.
1: H.G. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wells is just, like,
0: <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. Go forward! <laughs> Um, I would have made a Peabody and Mr. Sherman joke, but then they made a Peabody and Mr. Sherman crappy movie. Yeah, they did make that. I didn't see it. And I don't don't want to reference it now. Yeah. I I actually had no idea if it's crappy or not. I just assumed it was. And it's Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, man. I watched... What did I watch?
1: Doesn't matter. Anyways, next email. (laughs) Next email. This one is from our website uh on episode three critical hits and fumbles
0: ah critical wits and fumbles
1: um critical hits and, did i say critical wits and fumbles you did oh you criti- didn't i'm messing with you uh, <laughs> 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 this one comes from d d uh, D. okay is it just the letter d or no it's D E
0: E. oh d yeah
1: all right um they say enjoyed the podcast Here's what I do. I play mostly first and second edition A, D, and D, or hybrid games of the second edition. You know what's
0: surprising is we get a lot of old school people. We do. Like, I always thought we would hear from a lot more 3.5 folks. We don't. Not Mm -hmm. really. No. Okay, well, continue.
1: I've always used a crit plus confirm system since the early 80s. Roll a 20 on your hit, you get max damage. Roll a 20 again, confirm you get double damage. If you manage to roll a third 20, you get to roll the
0: DIET, oh, which is
1: in all caps.
0: I want to know about the Diet.
1: I allow the player to roll a D30 on a table to see what kind of cool, crazy, rare things happen. I've got a table that I got years ago in a booklet that came with a couple of 30-sided dice from the armory. When the 30-sider first came out, you can certainly find it if you dig around enough. Yeah, Google it. It ranges from slashed buttocks on a 1, can't sit down for a week. Oh no! To a crushed skull on a 30, instant death. Oh no! And all kinds of things in between, severed limbs, brain damage, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> of course, I do the same thing for monsters as well. This system gives a little shiny cookie to someone rolling a 20, which everyone loves. Yeah. It also creates the chance to have something really, really cool happen, but makes it rare enough that it doesn't get too crazy slash game breaking. 320s 320s that's one in Okay so 220s is one in
0: 400 yeah i times think 20
1: you... again times 20 20000
0: something like that yeah. yeah
1: um which is like yeah that's fairly rare and then you still have to roll the d30 on top of that yeah for yeah so, so um bottom line players like to roll dice like to have cool things happen for better or worse and mm-hmm. like to hit the jackpot from time to time the system hits all those points, but still keeps the game from breaking, except in very, very, very lucky instances. I also have a critical fumble table, but it's not nearly as dangerous and more humorous than the above. I also use a confirmed system for fumbles. These are uh, things; these things make for some great roleplay opportunities as well.
0: Um, I still disagree, fun, like on the fundamental concept of fumbles and of like ultra chance-based death. But that sounds fun, and it sounds like you had a lot of fun with it, and I am 100% for fun. Yeah, so I would, like, as much as I disagree with, like, really super chance-based stuff like that, I just want to say I would love to roll on... roll a... Like, see what happens. Okay, okay, here's the thing. Like, you know people have,
1: like, tackle boxes that they keep their, like, D&D stuff in? You have, Mm -hmm. like, the tackle box full of dice? Yeah. Like, you need to get, like... That needs to have its own like compartment in the tackle box. Yeah, with like the little make make a little glass over it. Yeah, take like a piece of tape and write in red Sharpie. Diet. You
0: have to have like the the yellow and black stripes around it. Yeah. It has to look like it's a nuclear launch button.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, or you could get, like, a uh, if they make them, a glass ring case and put it in there. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, put, like, a thing so it locks. And, yeah. like, you have a key and yeah. someone else has a key. <laughs> yes.
0: And as, the more, like, it's carried around in a suitcase that's <laughs> handcuffed to you, the more that surrounds the... <laughs> like, the more ritual around it, I think the funner it would be. Yeah. Yeah, so keep having fun with that. I would really love to hear a story if you have one. Uh,
1: Fumbles for me, I just they're they're not my thing. And like Tim said, like
0: if they're fun for you, they're fun for you. They're just not fun for us. Yeah, and if they're not fun for your players, don't use them. Yeah. So, but if they are fun for your players, then use them. Yeah. Um,
1: I could go into more about it, but like we had an episode about that. We did have an episode. The next thing comes. Next comment uh, comes from uh, episode eight. Let's build a world on the website. Oh, I love
0: that episode. That is a good episode. I'm, I hope it's not too vain of me to love an episode that we did. No. 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 Okay. Of, of all episodes we did, that you can my like favorite right Yeah. 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 Um, this is my favorite
1: episode by far. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, guys, for a great <laughs> podcast. My campaign setting shares many concepts with Skywald: anthropomorphic <laughs> animals, no humanoid monsters, etc. Well done. <laughs> Uh, thanks. We also got another thing from someone later down that's like, oh, would you do, like, Skyworld stuff more? And I was like, yeah, we can do more Skyworld stuff, so... We
0: actually sort of have vague plans relating to Skyworld, sort of vaguely formulating, so... Yeah. Keep an eye on that, if those ever anything become more than that. Ever anything more than that becomes.
1: (laughs) Tim. What? We've reached the end of the time tunnel! We made it! Back to the present. This one comes from episode 11, Why and d Oh, that's our most recent episode. Yeah. Uh it comes from T-Man and T-Man says,
0: is, okay, is it uh T-Man no. or is it like T E A man, tea man? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> uh really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. You're it, showing oh, wait, wait, is he a robot master? Uh yes. All right. He's cool. uh he's the he was built by the British scientist. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the the Mega Man Six uh, World Robot Tournament. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't quite make it. No. <laughs> like he wasn't selected, but that's good because Mister X didn't steal and reprogram him. Yeah. So he's still. On and then the side he of didn't have to get destroyed by Mega Man. Yeah. yeah so so. Team Man lucked out. Now yeah. he sent us this uh, email. Yeah. So glad to hear from you, t Man.
1: Chip chip Cheerio. Yes. Uh, Your show on D&D Next gave a very detailed and fair analysis of the playtest materials, though there may have been more than a little bit too much silliness. I love the uh, the show, so I'm just saying. Yeah, Yeah. damn right we were silly. (laughs) Yeah! That was our most scatterbrained silly episode by far. Somebody actually commented on the forums about that show and was like, oh, at least they didn't talk about wrestling for half an hour. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I could probably do that. But, like, uh, really, you need to look forward to the sumo-based episode, (laughs) where I just talk about how much I
0: hate Hakuho. God, uh, I hate hot. That would hold. be all crispy. And I'd just be like, is that the one where they push each other? Yes. All right. Um,
1: and now for our final comment. Man, we had uh, a lot of emails. We did. Re- we had a lot of emails to read. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one is from our website again, and it's from episode 11, yd and right. A new episode has come huzzah Yay! like the show if you decide to talk more about the skyworld campaign setting of yours i'll definitely listen people
0: like skyworld yeah
1: this one comes from trismegistus what trismegistus that's
0: that's a cool name yeah wait hold on you were moving the phone too much i couldn't that's a good name are yeah. you are you a wizard i hope so i hope so too that's a good wizard name i might <laughs> take it wait, wait um, didn't we take bjorn anger force's name for something maybe no we just said no we no were... no it was drance drance that's right
1: <laughs> i'm gonna have to have like... a
0: disclaimer like warning if you give us feedback we might take your name and use it for dnd character like in spirited away we like move our hand over the screen and it just <laughs> and it, like off. yeah it lifts and like we <laughs> capture it <laughs> yeah and then like you
1: can only be named uh, like part of your name you so are now just... Triss. <laughs> Uh yeah, I want to talk about the Skyworld more. We need to do more with Skyworld. We t- do.
0: Skyworld has potential. Skyworld does have potential. Yeah. We, um We talked about like making a campaign book for Skyworld. Yeah. We mm-hmm. haven't thought of a good like setting name for it, although we just sort of have just, why don't we just call it Skyworld? I like Skyworld. Let's just call it Skyworld. Yeah. Like that's what we call it. That's that works. Yeah,
1: it's Skyworld. <laughs> um oh. I went to my parents' house recently because they are moving, Mm -hmm. and I found the original Skyworld inspiration document, (gasps) so I should scan that in, put it on the website.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we should show everybody that. Yeah, Just, like, a
1: column of, like, here's all the media that, like, we're pulling from for inspiration. Yeah. Because, uh, as you'll see in the next episode, um, we're Dirty Rotten Thieves. We are Dirty Rotten (laughs) Thieves. But that's okay. So, uh,
0: that's, that's all of the episode. Yeah, um, that's all the mails?
1: That's all the mails.
0: Alright, well, uh, sorry it took us so long to get to those mails. Some of those were pretty old. Some of them
1: were pretty old. But, but if you're li- still listening to the show, we got to you.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you're all still
1: listening. We like to do it. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If they send us more emails at criticalwits at, at gmail.com, g-mail.com. Uh, and we get more and more, we'll do more mailbags. Yeah. Because, like, I don't want to do just... I, I don't want to do how other shows do where they just read emails in the show. Like,
0: I want to... Talk about the emails. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's what we do at Critical Wits. We don't, like, restrict ourselves to segments or, like, cut ourselves off when we would have more to say. We say everything we have to say. Yeah. So... And that's all the emails, and we said as much as we wanted to say yeah. all of them. So. so, But if you send us more emails, we'll do more mailbags. Yeah, and uh, if you send us your money, we'll do more Critical Wits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I guess... Like, you... we're going to keep getting Critical Wits even if you don't pay us. Yeah. Don't worry. And they're going to be free. And I will say, uh, there are things that like people have said to
1: us on like Facebook or like Twitter and stuff like that. And when you talk to me, I will talk back to you. But you can reach us at facebook.com slash criticalwits, twitter.com slash criticalwits Un- underscore pc.
0: Which stands for politically correct.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, and then you can also go to the forums at osrgaming.org slash forums. And you can also comment on the website
0: and uh, we'll sometimes respond to you. I I responded to a comment and then found out that the comment was really old. So, sorry. Yeah, but we're here. We'll talk to you. Let's um, do shout outs. Yeah. Um, we did start our Patreon before this episode. So, really big, big shout out to our two supporters so far John Venrick and Joe Richardson, who yeah. we've mentioned because he's a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for listening to the show. Send us more emails, we'll respond to them. And uh, just keep listening and we'll keep talking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, see you next
0: time see you next wits
1: <sighs> critical wits is tim jenkins and chris stockett intro and outro music is midi 30 by neil Sisirica, as remixed by jared maloney visit our website at criticalwits.info or send us an email at criticalwits at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.